0: What's good, everybody? We're back with episode 11 of the RR Podcast. Today, I'm here by myself. Last week, me and my brother were in Jamaica, so scheduling has us sort of off this week in terms of when we were able to record, but we're still going to get something out for you guys, obviously. Jamaica was pretty smooth. Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I kind of like planning my own trips, if we're being honest, because I like to know what I'm going to expect on every single day and do exactly what I want to do, but I honestly didn't mind at this time if I'm being real I think the people that planned the trip that I went with it was my stepfather's family people I didn't really know that well but they were all good people and it was good getting to know them you know what I'm saying like I don't know I haven't been in like big group environments in a really long time and it was kind of refreshing if I'm being honest Uh, I did hear a lot of music out there and there were some songs that I was not surprised to hear but sort of confirmed some thoughts I already had we'll get into that later when I start talking about Song of the Summer but we're back and we're going to probably be putting out more content for you guys coming up pretty soon. There was a lot of new music that dropped this weekend. I'm not going to get into all of it because I know Tonio going to want to talk about some of it when he comes back, but I'm going to get into some of it and then go back to a couple of albums that came out in the last couple of weeks that I revisited during my trip. And you know, during all that travel, flying and driving between cities like Montego Bay and Ocho Rios, I downloaded a lot of music and I had a lot of time to listen to a couple of different things. So. Let's get into music real quick. First uh Asha K, Work of Art. Um, this album, there's a lot to unpack here. So I'm not going to get into all of it this week because I know Tonio listened to it a lot and he really liked it this past week. But uh, it was a really good project. I, I like the direction they went with it. I feel like they definitely went extra hard in trying to take a step up in every area of the project from the album cover to Uh, The rollout You know what I mean I saw that Spotify Did like a pre-save link Which is something They hadn't done prior But I saw that They were really trying To make the effort To get him out there Because I feel like Over the last year Asha K has kind of Grown in popularity Compared to a lot Of different people Uh, Off the first couple listens What I will say It has me rethinking How I listen to music Right I've been thinking about Like do If a project is coming Do I even want to listen To the singles Before the project Comes out You know what I mean Uh, I think a couple of the singles on here grew on me as time went on, but it just makes me think about how you hear songs different within the sequencing of an album, right? Like 230 sounds great by itself, but it sounds even better in the flow of the project. On My Piano is definitely way better than I initially thought it was. Like I thought it was cool when it first came out, but as I listened to it more and when I listened to it when the whole project came out, I liked it that much more. Um, I think Asha K definitely took a step up in terms of trying to take a just trying to take it a step further as an artist. You know what I mean? I feel like what makes Asha K appealing as an artist to me is almost the simplicity in which uh, the music comes across. Like it's very clear. It's just very upbeat music that's trying to make you dance. I don't understand a lot of it, but that's not the point, right? It's music is more of a feeling. And it's something I enjoy. And I feel like in this project, um, I'll definitely have to get into Genius if they even get his lyrics available or they're translatable somewhere. I'm definitely going to want to know what he's saying on a lot of these projects because it seems like he's a little bit more... It feels a little bit more introspective when I'm listening to it. Uh, Let me look at the production real quick. I'm pretty sure he he used the same producers with Magic Sticks and Blaze Beats, but I want to confirm that before I tell you guys... Who did this? Okay. Yeah, he worked with Magic Sticks on this one a lot. I saw him post it on Instagram, but I just wanted to confirm he produced a lot of this project. Magic Sticks is one of my favorite producers right now. And there's no doubt about it. I feel like the choice of instrumentation that he uses is very big and the production is very large. And I love that about him. Um, I'm pretty sure he did one of my favorite songs right now by Benson is Prey. I love that song so much. And he did the production on that one. And I think the drums and things like that, it just stand out a lot more compared to a lot of the other music and production we're hearing right now. So Anything by Magic Sticks is kind of a hit right now. So Work of Art, definitely something I'm going to continue listening to. I'm going to have more takes on it probably next week. The singles off this project were probably my favorite, 230 and I'm My Piano off the first couple listens. And then I like Sunshine a lot too. So definitely going to talk about that when Tonio gets back Foggy Raw if you're in tune with any music on social media especially TikTok you've probably seen Foggy Raw at some point he does a lot of these they're almost like spoken words over instrument- instrumentals that went viral almost every time he did a couple of them and he kept coming across my feed for a very long time but the most notable one that he did was over the You Don't Know My Name beat by Alicia Keys and I loved it and obviously everybody wanted it to be a song, but trying to get Alicia Keys to clear arguably one of her most classic records was it didn't seem possible or probable. But sure enough, last week he or a couple weeks ago he got it cleared and he put it out this week. And I, I'm so glad he made it to streaming services. I love this song. Uh I'm one of those people who love when artists put out a lot of music and I'm gonna listen. And for a while I was just wanting him to put out a lot of music. But the fact that he put out these two singles this and Miss Johnson which was another one that he did it just sort of cemented the fact that it's about the quality not the quantity right he knew what he was writing and what he was putting out was real quality work and he did really good a really good job on it and it almost made me realize that I it like you don't have to put out a ton of music it just has to be good you know what I mean he could do this once every couple months and I'd be happy right I'm gonna listen to this song a lot Psalm 62 but definitely go check that out if you're in a rap he's definitely a top tier lyricist i think so um i think he's just very talented and the label that he was on i noticed they they're not really uh they don't have a lot of hip-hop acts right i think it was a lot more jazz and alternative music if i'm being quite honest and i think that's fitting you know what i mean i think his talent is his ability to write and his delivery right he almost speaks like his jazz and i think it's fitting and i hope his career takes off, and I hope we get a oh, Ombre put out another EP. Who's loving you, Ombre? Over the last, I just got into Ombre. I would say on the last EP she put out, I love that EP. A couple songs on there, I definitely go back to a lot. Uh, this one, just as good. I've only listened to it once or maybe twice. A couple of the singles, I listened to a couple times, but I'm definitely gonna go back to it. The first, the intro, was the one that stood out to me the most. Uh, just like it was on the last one. Mimu's Freestyle. I like that one a lot. It reminded me a lot of the last intro on 3000 Degrees. That's what it was called. 3 P. I love that song. So if you have time, are you looking for any type of R&B music? Hombre uh, and the next person I'm about to mention are the two people you probably want to go lean into. Also, Fabo put out a project. If you don't know Fabo, you need to become familiar. It's called Don't Get Too Crazy. It's an album. He was a songwriter. I don't know exactly who he's written for yet. I got to do some more research on that. But I know he wrote one of my favorite Kehlani songs uh, with Kehlani and Blast called Any Given Sunday by Kehlani was written by Abo, And I definitely think he's a really talented artist. His last album was also really good. But this one, I think he's stepping it up in terms of the production choice and some of his features. On this project, he had uh, Shea Universe, Aaron Ray, Ombre, and Kalan. I think it's For Real, For Real, or FRFR. Um, he holds his own, so he doesn't, he's not really a feature heavy artist, but it's definitely something that if I'm looking for R&B, Fabo is putting out quality music and it's somebody that I go back to pretty frequently. There was so much music that dropped this week, guys. They put out the Boy Alone Deluxe. Um, I think a lot of these songs, I wonder how many. Songs he made for this project initially, right? I'd have to go back and see if he talked about it anywhere. But the five songs that he gave us with the, de- the five songs he gave us with the deluxe seemed like they could have been sequenced within the album and you wouldn't have known they didn't make the album if that made any sense. I feel like sometimes when artists do deluxes, time, I the end. okay. I feel like sometimes when artists do deluxes, what ends up happening is they just find five songs that that were just okay or not the best, and they throw them on there to just sort of uh, give some more fuel to the project, right? Boy Alone came out last year, but these songs were actually quality. Um, off the, I only gave it really one listen, the five songs off the deluxe, and the first one was my favorite uh, reason. So, and he also threw the Soso remix on there with Ozuna, and. I like that song. It's cool. I, If I'm being 100% honest, I could have done without the Ozuna feature. I get it because they're both sort of dropping right now. Ozuna just dropped Afro. So I get why you put the, the song out. But uh, if you liked Boy Alone, you won't be disappointed with these songs that just came out. I think Omale is probably one of the best Afrobeats artists out right now. He's one of my favorites for sure. Boy Alone is one of my favorite projects of any genre over the last two or three years. I listen to it a lot. So, I would definitely go give it a listen if you're looking for some new music to add to your playlist and stuff. That was all I really wanted to cover that came out this weekend. I wanted to go back to Ama Ray um, on Baby. Uh, on the last, not the last episode, but I think the one before that, I talked about how the production was crazy on that. And this time, I really was able to listen to the entire project start to finish on the flight. Um, This project is crazy. Okay. And I said it before but I got his name wrong So I'm coming back to say it again KZ did it I was not familiar with your work You are going crazy on the production right? Wasted Eyes is one of my favorite songs That came out this year Feels also produced on that project I mean on that single I'm going to give all the producers credit on this Because I don't know who did what But y'all went crazy uh. on That single specifically Feels Caillou Steed I'm Ray. KZ Did It Uh, Yes Rothman And S-Type All produced on there And then writers on there You know there's a lot of writers on there So I'm not gonna go through writers But This song is crazy This project is crazy Amore I didn't realize When you go to Spotify It shows you all of the uh, All of the project That this artist appears on At the bottom If you know what I'm talking about Like there's that little row I didn't realize How many of my favorite projects Over the last year or two that she had been a part of, right? It was actually kind of crazy. She was on K. Tremide's project. I haven't listened to uh, Janelle Monae yet, but she's on The Age of Pleasure. She's on This Is What I Mean. She's on Top Boy by um, Spinall. This Is What I Mean is by Stormzy. She's on Young Preacher by Black Bones. Uh, What else? She's on Bagada Express, the first volume by Boj. And then there was another one that I seen her on that I was like, I forgot But yeah She's been everywhere This last couple of years And I fuck with Amore I definitely fuck with Amore Sad Girls Love with Money Is one of my favorite bobs And I'm definitely Gonna keep bumping Fountain Baby So that's all I really wanted to get into For new music There's a couple of things I wanted to talk about Song of the Summer Right I think Song of the Summer Is an interesting Is an interesting indicator Of where music is at At, at the time Currently Right I think last year there were a couple songs. I think Wait For You was the one that stood out to me the most. I think that one had the longest runway. This year, I called it with Tony a little while ago. I think Taliban's was the song of the summer. Uh, I think, I think for me, the two, let me get into the criteria of what I would look for in Song of the Summer, right? First, do I like it? Uh, Can I see it being played out at a lot of functions, right? The summer is the time where everybody's out and so I think that's a big thing is it gonna come on at all the functions are people gonna sing it does it have a catchy hook stuff like that but also other things right like seeing the song seeing Taliban's performed is kind of crazy like if you go to Byron's page and look at him coming out performing it specifically in the West Indies but I think he's performed it in some other places too like the crowd is singing everything word for word and that song hasn't gotten old to me yet I see it going on throughout the rest of the year And some other things that I noticed with that song, uh, when I was in Jamaica, I heard people, I heard like people there singing it on their own, which was crazy. And then I heard it out at the club, which was also a good sign for me. But if I'm trying to pick an early, it's not early. We're in summer now. If I got to pick some records for song of the summer, the two right now are Calibans by Byron Messiah and Who Told You by Jay Huss and Drake. I see that song getting a lot of play this summer. Um, I've heard people not really feeling Drake's verse But I don't really hear anybody Going back to More Life saying they don't like it they, I heard a lot of people when they came out Say they didn't like it But in my circles and people online I don't see people saying they don't like it You know what I mean So I just see it People just trying to make fun of Drake Doing uh, an international record But I see this record going crazy For a long time So those are my two picks for Song of the Summer If I have to pick We'll see what else comes out. I think Travis Scott is a dark horse. I think, I think he's dropping soon. I think he's got some Afro beats on there, as I stated earlier. He's got Bad Bunny on the project. I think he might have a song in there for a dark horse record, like a, a sicko mode like he had a while back. So we'll see. But those are my two, uh, those are my two throw-ins for a song of the summer. And now I wanted to get into some business news, which I feel like is very interesting and relevant to the artists that we talk about on here. Um, Artists pay, right? So these three articles are all from music business worldwide. I use a lot of them for any real music business information or insights, stuff that I'm trying to keep up on in the industry. Uh, This one, though, is Universal and SoundCloud are in talks over a new way to pay artists for streaming. Universal Music Group, the world's largest music rights holder, has entered talks with music streaming service SoundCloud about changing the way artists are paid for streams. That, according to Bloomberg, which, citing people familiar with the matter, reports that UMG and SoundCloud hope to conclude talks by the end of the year. Now, the article goes on to state that, uh, let's see, na, 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 na. earlier this year, UMG struck up a partnership with another streaming service title to research new streaming models and specifically how music platforms can generate greater commercial value for every type of artist by harnessing fan engagement, right? In 2022 in the US, the world's largest music market, uh, streaming accounted for 84% of recorded music revenues last year. I think uh, there's a couple bottlenecks in the music streaming business, right? I think a lot of times uh, when you look at it, right? We're paying $10, $15 for every song that's ever been recorded. That's kind of insane if you think about what music used to cost, right? When somebody put out an album, you have to you used to have to go to the store and pay $10 for it, right? So think about how many songs are in your playlist right now, how many albums are in your library right now, and try and total up what that would cost back in the day, right? And those artists were all receiving whether it was a split of $10 or or the whole $10, they were receiving a lot more money for you listening to their project. And I think the big bottlenecks in the model right now are one, because a lot of the companies started off really low, to create a huge pay jump would probably result in a lot of people jumping off of streaming services. To go from $10 to 20, I could, like, I'm not talking about me personally, I'm talking about the market. $10 to $20, $10 to $30, $10 to $40. I find that pretty hard to believe that a large mass of people would be down to pay $40 a month for that. Maybe me, probably me, because I listen to so much music, the avid, active consumers, but the biggest market is the passive consumers, right? People just clicking and listening. So it makes me wonder how much much would the market allow them to raise the price like a Spotify or Apple Music and then um, the other ways they're looking to monetize. I think a big thing that I've noticed within Spotify is them really pushing like concerts to me, right? Like if an artist I'm listening to, if I'm listening to a song, if you swipe, if you go all the way to the bottom, like under lyrics, it'll show you where they're performing next and how to buy buy that. They show you merch and vinyls also within the projects in the app. Um, they're just looking for more ways to increase how much each consumer is worth. I think that's one big bottleneck and another that I don't know if the music streaming companies have the ability to really service is accessibility to streaming, right? I talk about all the time how a lot of Africa doesn't even have internet. So how are they even going to stream music, right? And I think over the next 10 years, a lot of those things will just be mitigated, where it's like a lot of markets are just going to get internet by the natural progression of technology. So I think it's just a almost a waiting out game on that end. But all first glance, I wonder, like, how, how do you increase revenues in that way, period? You know what I mean? You've already introduced this model that you're essentially paying nothing to listen to the music. So how do you get consumers to understand that there is value behind this and to get them to pay more for it? I'm not sure yet, but I think it's something to definitely pay attention to. So the House has introduced a bipartisan ticket act that will push for transparency around ticket pricing in the House of Representatives and the government. Another music business worldwide article. Shout out to them again. And in an effort to enhance transparency in the entertainment industry, US representatives Jan Shacko Jan Shackovsky and Gus Billarack. Bil, oh my god. What are these guys' names, boy? Shackovsky and Gus Billarackus, okay. I got some names for the show. They introduced the Ticket Act into the U.S. Congress last week on June 8th. The promised legislation aims to mandate comprehensive fee disclosure for ticket purchases of the requiring event ticket sellers to display the total ticket price, including all associated fees in all forms of advertising and promotional materials. This is following off the heels of the introduction of the Boston Swift Act in Congress in late May, which aimed to regulate the live events ticket market. There was some more in here. Okay. The ticket act seeks to emulate the advertising guideline currently in place for the airline tickets by ensuring that consumers have full access to the full ticket price before making a purchase. Yeah, I guess, I guess when they're mark, this makes sense. So when they're marketing the ticket prices, they're marketing them prior to fees and fees. When I read in this article, they said they could be up to 58% of the whole ticket price. So that's a little misleading in terms of like what you think you're going to pay and you click through and what you actually end up paying. I think the live event space has been very interesting since the pandemic, especially with a lot of artists. A lot of artists having trouble. It's, It's going both ways for a lot of different artists. There's artists who are taking off and doing crazy numbers like Taylor Swift like Boy, like Beyonce. And there's other artists who are relying heavily on like, festivals and group lineups to do touring. And I think it's very interesting where revenue models are going to go in the next couple of years. I read another article a couple of weeks ago on Billboard talking about how venues are having trouble with live events because the majority of their profits come from alcohol and food. And it said that a lot of people were drinking less alcohol since the pandemic, especially younger people, I think it was up to like 20% less. And so their margins are already small and making profits like that even smaller is going to be a problem. So I'm interested in potentially working on solutions for this or just seeing what other people have in store. I think business models are meant to be changed. The ways people make money have always changed. And so I'm interested to see where this goes. You know what I mean? I hope this gets passed because ticket prices are kind of getting out of control depending on who who you're going to see or what type of ticket it is. But I think it's definitely something to look out for if you're interested in going to concerts and stuff like that. This one was really interesting. I haven't read all the way through the article, but I figured it'd be a good time to go through it with you guys. As Latin music explodes worldwide, Chinese superstar G.E.M. Jem plans to release... Oh, it plans release of Spanish language album in partnership with Warner Music Asia. Confirmed in April that Latin music surpassed $1 billion in recorded music revenue in the United States in 2022 and claimed 8% of market share in streaming revenues in the U.S. as well. And as you read the positions, number one through five on the Spotify global top 50 chart are all Spanish songs. I didn't know that. Not know that. Oh shit. Wow, I did not know that. So Peso Pluma, somebody, this is a name I've been hearing a lot of recently. I was into a couple songs and they're pretty good, but he hasn't really came across my radar like that. He on the top 50 global songs for the spot for Spotify, he's on the top three songs with who's this Eslabon Armado Bizarrap and young lucas but those are all peso bluma songs as well and then un X 100 to i don't know how that's even pronounced i like that song a lot but it has grupo frontera and bad bunny and then number 5 is where she goes by bad bunny that's kind of nuts that top 5 is all spanish speaking songs and the latter two came out over a month ago so back to the article sorry guys where is that on this stuff? Okay. Latin music's rise has also caught the attention of K-pop giant HYBE. HYBE is where I think the st- who owns HYBE? I'm pretty sure HYBE has oh BTS. That's the name of it. I don't know nothing about I don't know nothing about K-pop, so HYBE is the the label over BTS, but it caught the attention of giant HYBE with many suspecting that the company could be targeting mergers and acquisitions in Latin music with a reported new f- round of funding. I know Hive just partnered with the dudes over, dang, what is Lil Baby's label? I'm blanking on names right now, bruh. I am blanking oh, Quality Control. Quality Control just got acquired by Hive America, which is where, and Scooter Braun is over their American division. So they're making a lot of noise right now, Hive. They got a lot of money and they're looking to get into almost every market. So it's definitely interesting to see them becoming a player not only in K-pop but just the entire global music scene. And now, amidst the continued global rise of Latin music, we learned over the weekend that Chinese superstar Jem, one of the top-selling female artists in China, has partnered with Warner Music China to release a full-length Spanish album called Revelacion. Warner says that the new project makes the new project marks the first time ever that a Mando pop artist released a full-length Spanish language album. The album, which has been infused with Spanish language influences, according to the announcement, is a fresh take on Jem's Mandarin language album, Revelation. Warner says the Chinese version of Revelation has been highly popular in South America. Whoa. According to Jem, after receiving support from South America for my Chinese album, Revelation, I taught myself Spanish and wrote the I taught myself Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I wrote the entire new album by myself. Okay. All right. Warner Music Asia co president Chris Gobo Oh my God. Yo, some names over here. It's some names. It says Warner Music Asia will be collaborating with Warner's teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This goes on to talk about more about the album. I don't know much about this artist. I'm going to have to see how popular she is. But. I think this was to be expected, right? Like the only, you reach a certain plateau or a certain peak in whatever market you have. You only have a so, so big of a total addressable market, depending on what you're talking about, what you look like, who you're talking to, who the demographics of people there are, how many people there are, right? And you have to look for new innovative ways if you're trying to increase how much you're doing to reach new people. And that's interesting that Mandarin. I think I think it's Mandarin. It's Mando Pop. So Mandarin album was streaming that well in South America, right? I don't know if there's a large people down there that speak it, or it doesn't matter because you know what I mean. I feel like Bad Bunny's music has transcended language in that same way. I'm sure a lot of English music has transcended in that same way. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this does. But I think they're in this next frontier of music in this next ten years. Artists who are able to do multiple languages are going to kill. Caliucci's is going to kill. Late Night Jiggy, Late Night Jiggy. If you're watching this, we need the album, bro. We need the album. I feel like Late Night Jiggy is a superstar in the making. Mimosa was the first song I heard by him, and I think, I think he has so much upside and potential. Right in the Spanish and the English world, he does both. His pen is crazy. I'm waiting on the album. I'm a champion of Late Night Jiggy. But artists like that, Late Night Jiggy, I said Kali earlier, those artists are the ones that are going to be able to almost double the type of music they're doing if they're that good on both sides or if they apply themselves on both sides, right? Late Night Jiggy does like a Spanglish version. It's like half English, half Spanish going in and out. And some Nigerian artists speak in Pidgin where it's half in their native languages and some English, Burner Boy does that. WizKid does that, Davido does that. So I think this is the new frontier of music. I think cultures have started, and they've always been this way, especially in America, but globally everything is blending. And so you can find these interesting overlaps of demographics when you have almost contrasting, contrasting things in your music, right? If it's two different languages, if it's the sound and the and the words and stuff like that. So this is definitely. Not something that I'm surprised by, but something I'll be keeping an eye on with this Revelation album that's being dropped by Jem. This week, honestly, I'm not going to lie, y'all. A I've been listening to a lot of Omale this week, but I'm going to give y'all a song to go with. Definitely check out on your own. It's going to be an Omale song. It's called You. Shout out to Joey Akin. I got to talk to him in a Twitter spaces. I said that last week. But he, he told me to go back and check out Omale's first project, which I didn't listen to. I got, on, I got hip to him around Boy Alone. So he told me to go check out Get Laid, and it did not disappoint. So check out You by Omale. Antonio will be back next week. We'll be talking about Asha K's album. We'll be talking about a whole lot more. Thanks for sitting with me this week, guys. We'll see you next week.